Welcome to Frontline Static, a podcast that helps bridge the gap between healthcare workers and first responders and everything in between. The weather's changing and it's getting a little bit cooler. It feels like fall in the mornings and the nights and I am just so excited to be out of the triple digits for once and moving into the fall season. But this week, I just had the awesome opportunity to be able to interview one of uh, my friends who is an EMS pilot. And in this candid interview, you'll get to hear about how he got there, um, what got him into EMS, and um, kind of what the standards are now uh, to get into it. And I liked being able to interview him from his point of view because I think a a lot of pilots and for how long he's been doing it, he gets to see clinicians come and go, both paramedics and nurses. And so he's got a very good view on really what it is that it takes to be a valuable player, what it is that it takes to um, be a good team player and um, a good dynamic team. And I loved being able to hear his point of view on the pilot side of it, because as I am um, training people who are wanting to get into flight, they think that they need more experience. They think that they need more knowledge on different subjects or on different devices. But what I try to teach them are four core things, which is one, good critical thinking skills. Let's hone in the critical thinking skills that you already have um, so that any situation that comes up that you're going to be ready and that you can, you know that you can figure out. Two, advocating for the patient. Advocating for the patient is so important. We need to be able to do this and get orders that we need in any situation that we're in um, and just be really resourceful because we are so autonomous and need to be able to get what we need for our patient at any moment during the mission. Three, the third one is creating rapport with patients and their families. I find this so important because sometimes we have less than 10 minutes with patients and their families and we need to create a trust and a bond so quickly. We're taking them out of this like really small, secure, tiny environment in the hospital and then we're putting them into a moving aircraft. So creating trust and rapport with your patients and your families is key. The fourth thing that I always talk about is be dynamic and be a good team member. Um, And those are, you know, four of the core values and core things that I teach as people are trying to prep an interview for this job. Because if you can show and present those four things, they're going to really want to hire you for these companies. And what's interesting is that Josh talks about this from the clinical or from the um, pilot side, why those things are so important too. So um, it's good to hear his point of view. I love this also because we (laughs) get asked a lot when we go in the hospitals, do you fly the aircraft or do you fly the aircraft and do you take care of the patient? So, um, you know, we, we joke a lot with the pilots that they really care more about, people care about them flying more than us taking care of the patients but it is not true we don't do both the pilots do not do anything clinical wise and then as a clinical crew, we don't do any flying of the aircraft. So um, it's just good to hear his point of view. And for those of you who are interested in getting into EMS on the pilot side, um, he has a lot of really good information to share with you this week. And um, so without further ado, please enjoy my interview with Josh. Okay. Hey, Josh. How's it going? We're rolling for real the first time. This is our second take. All right. Let's start out with everyone. You just tell everyone a little bit about yourself. All right. My name is Josh. I've been an EMS pilot for about the last 14 years. Um, before that, I was uh, working in agriculture, uh, spraying crops mostly up in the Central Valley, South Valley. Um, 
that's where I got most of my time. And I've always kind of wanted to do the EMS thing. That was just an avenue I had to go to, uh, to get enough hours to get into it. Um, I've been working with Janessa for about the last four or five years. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's a job I really enjoy a lot. It's pretty rewarding. Um, I'm hanging out with my friends a lot of the day. It's pretty much the majority of my job. I love doing it. I love making a difference, all that blah, blah. But when it comes down to it, I love the people I work with. That's probably the funnest part for me. Yeah. And I want to just correct you. It's been six years. I mean, oh, yes. six years. It just it's flies. always been six. It flies by. Lovely years together. <laughs> <laughs> it's six years this month for me. Okay. But anyway, yeah, no, I mean, that is one of my favorite parts too, is just really the camaraderie of the people that we work with. And I just want to say like, you are one of the people that I feel like at the beginning, when I first started in this career, like really took me under your wing. And it's scary, like to go from hospital to EMS and just be like with a bunch of group of dudes, because that's really what it started out as. <laughs> so I really appreciate that. And I've always, I've always felt like you've had my back and I hope you know that I have yours too, um, because I think that's really important in what we do. I think it's very important what we do. And yeah, I've always appreciated you. I think uh, one of my favorite things about you is that throughout my years working with you, you've always been very straightforward. If there's yeah. ever any kind of an issue with anybody, any problem going on, you address it right then. You don't wait, you don't let it fester, you get it over with. That's probably my favorite part about you. Yeah, sometimes I think that's sometimes you're a jerk in doing so, but I'm telling you, it solves things right away. It is true. And I think that's probably why we get along so well, because we both handle things the same way. We don't talk about people behind their backs. It's like, if we have something to say, they know that that's how we feel about it. We try to address it head on. Correct. And that's like really important in, in the work that we do and in a tight knit team that you have to be in when it's just the three of you guys. For sure. So I really wanted to bring you on today because I've had a lot of questions lately just about how to get into EMS as a pilot. So like, I know there's many different routes of doing it. Um, can you tell us a little bit about how you got into it and kind of what the standard is looking like now since you've gotten into it? Yeah, when I got into it, it was still a little bit difficult. You had to have pretty high uh, hour requirement. Um, I mean, even 10, 15 years ago, it was almost unheard of to be in it as a civilian. You pretty much all had to be military, come out of the military, then go into it. Um, but I would say, yeah, in the last 10 to 15 years, it's really opened up just with everything else. There's been shortages, just like airline pilot shortages, there's helicopter pilot shortages. Um, EMS was no exception. Uh, my route was a little bit different. I was super lucky. I uh, put myself through some flight school, uh, a couple of the initial ratings of flight school. And then uh, my dad has had his own crop busting business. So I started flying for him and I was able to build the hours up that way, had enough and then I switched over. And um, I still do ag on the side with my dad, I help him because the normal EMS schedule is week on, week off. So on that week off, I'll still go help him out doing the, the family business. So it worked out really nice for me. A lot of people ask, how did you get so many hours, you know, so fast? And I don't have a good reason, I think my dad, my daddy helped me. I mean, he, you know, he had a business and I got lucky. Uh, the normal route is, you know, it's still a lot easier now than it used to be, but it's definitely, um, it's definitely more rough. You go get your rating somewhere and then you turn around and become an instructor, 
which is strange in the aviation business. It's like uh, you are taught by the person who just got his license the week before. <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, it's always been that with aviation. It's kind of strange, but it, I mean, for the most part, it works out. Your instructor usually has very little hours and, and pass the month before you. Yeah. So uh, you become an instructor yourself and you get enough hours. And then as an um, after about a year or two of instructing, uh, mind you, this is like eating top ramen, <laughs> being very poor, just barely getting by, but you're still saying you're a pilot and you do it for a living. Um, then you usually go to a medium job in between the EMS uh, gig. You'll end up, uh, a lot of people end up doing tours in Vegas. It's a fast way to build time. Um, I've had a lot of the pilots at, uh, at where I work, they loved working the tours. You know, they were over it after a year or two just because of the sheer mass number of hours that they get every year but uh, they loved it and they had a good time and it was a good experience and you'll go from that and then usually you'll try to get on with an EMS company the other route they go to I see is the Gulf the Gulf of Mexico nice. and it's the same thing you're flying uh, uh, you know workers out to the oil rigs back and forth you build a ton of time really fast so that's another one and then usually people get tired of the traveling so after a few years or once they get their hours up to that golden mark that uh uh, 2,500 is really what they want. Mm -hmm. um, then it's easy to go and get, grab an EMS job. And right now they're dying for you. So they'll take you once you get to yeah. just that bare minimum. Yeah. It, what made you get into flying? Because unusually, usually like, or usually we don't go into the occupations that our parents do because we're just like, eh, we don't want to do what they're doing. But what made you want to get into flying initially? I... Honestly, I can't tell you. I don't have a great answer for that. I, uh, you know, I grew up in the business with my dad and I hated it. I wanted nothing to do with flying. Um, I was going to be a teacher. I went to Sac State. I was in my third year uh, as a history major, of all things, nothing to do with aviation. Hmm. Um, I was still an aviation nerd. Like I still played video games and flight sim, like nonstop. I was all about it. I knew every, you know, fighter from a little kid till I was older. I mean, everyone that ever existed. But I just didn't want to be in it, you know, growing up around it. It was just, I just saw the, the dirty side of it, the hot side of it, like, oh, this is awful. And then, uh, I don't know, about my, uh, my junior year in college, I just thought, I just don't want that job where I get up and go inside and sit inside all day. And uh, for whatever reason, yeah, I went, uh, dropped out of school, which destroyed my father and uh, wanted to become a pilot. And it destroyed him so much because he had offered it so many times before that. And I said, no, no, no. And at times he had the means where he had an airplane or he had a helicopter to training. I'm like, no, no, no. I wanted to do it. And yeah, and then I just decided to. And I ended up going that route and then I loved it. So um, yeah, that was it. I initially actually was going to go into the Army uh, as an Army pilot. And then that didn't work out. So then I just, there I was in the family business that I said I wasn't going to do. I ended up yeah. doing it and loved it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you had to figure that out on your own. I mean, if he would have just said, go into it and you went into it, you wouldn't have liked it that way either. I mean, I don't think so, right? Yeah. So then big difference, like flying ag for so many years, like at what point of doing that did you realize I want to do EMS? And then why did you choose to go kind of that, that route? I think I always wanted to do uh, EMS. Um, since I was a kid, even when I thought I didn't want to be a pilot, I, the EMS thing was always... I mean, those are just always the pictures and the movies and everything that I loved watching. I love the yeah. EMS helicopters. 
Um, and ag is, it was just completely different. Um, it's, di it's not different in a bad way. It's just completely different. There's a lot of ag pilots that would never in a million years want to do EMS. There's two yeah. completely different beasts. And I think that's what I liked about it. And that, actually, that's what I still like about it. So um, I think I always wanted to do it. Once I got the hours, I went ahead and did it. Um, but being able to have the combination of doing both right now, I do really like. But yeah. it, was, it was a learning curve coming from production flying where every second counted as far as if those blades are turning, you need to be making money to a safety standard now. Yeah. To where, you know, your crew's freaking out because you landed a few feet from the truck, which you're used to doing your whole career, but now you're frightening, you're frightening everybody. Yeah. So there was little things like that I had to figure out and calm down on. Yeah. And I mean, having to have a crew too, like you flew by yourself. Yeah. 100%. And ag, it was just I'm sitting there with some music and flying all day and getting it done. And with the crew, it's a team. You're all making the decisions, you know. Yeah. Um, we'll all make an initial decision and we'll all get in and fly at any point. We're all kind of deciding. And that was a, definitely a different part to everything. Yeah. I think, like, honestly, that was probably the hardest part for me was just like you go from having so much autonomy making decisions. Like, I came from the ICU for my patient. And then you, are now partnered with a paramedic who's made all the decisions on the ground and then also partnered with a pilot who's made all the previous <laughs> decisions flying and then you all have to work together and now all three of you are making the decisions and yeah. i think it is super it is intimidating for someone that's pretty new because even though you were used to making the decisions you still sometimes don't want to be the one to make that decision yeah know? so yeah uh when you were going into EMS, like, I know I felt like this. I had certain expectations of like what I thought a flight nurse did. And then when I got into it, it's like very different than what I imagined it to be. Was that the same for you? Or how did you feel then going into EMS as a pilot after you got into it? Oh, just 100% different. Yeah. Like, um, like the mission was always the same, what I thought it was going to be. It's just... Uh, I don't even know how to describe how much your mind changes from that first patient you pick up to after doing it a year. You know, I wasn't in the medical field at all. Mm -hmm. You would at least seen some early things. I showed up there, you know, and, and my leg's missing or something's going on and it's right next to you and you've never been around any of that. Yeah. That was a, that was a, I wasn't expecting that part, which is weird because you should have, it should have just been a given, you know, this is going to happen. You're going to see lots of bodies, this, you know, at some point. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't. And the smells. You know, every time I hear, I uh, see one of you guys rip, rips open an alcohol swab in the back, I get kind of queasy, like, ooh, something gross. I'm about to see something gross. Just because my brain is totally associated <laughs> carnage with your guys' alcohol swab. <laughs> so definitely different than what I thought it was going to be and 100% different from when I started to where we are now. And people joke around that sometimes, you know, medical... Uh, medical people, medical crews have six senses of humor, and they do to an extent. I think you get, uh, you almost have to. I think it's probably a coping mechanism, you know. Yeah. Um, but definitely, there's some things you joke about that you would never joke about in real life. I want to say, you know, yeah. if that's even a thing. But yeah, it's stuff that, you know, whatever gets you through that horrific deal you just saw and yeah. get on to the next patient. So yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, the same for nursing as well. Like you, you just see what's like on the movies and what 
and you see the people fly in and take the patient, but you don't understand like how much goes into every mission until you're actually doing it yourself. Yeah. And people like see it as this glamorous thing. I don't know if you felt like that before you went into it. Like it looks like glamorous, but it's not, <laughs> there's, there's very little moments of that. Right. It's very a lot tougher. 100% yeah. agree with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I felt like that too, coming into it, like medically wise. Um, my other question for you is that I know you've seen like a lot of clinicians come and go mm-hmm. over the years. And I think like there's always times of where there's like higher turnover than others. But, you know, for a lot of the people listening, they're trying to get into it either on the paramedic side or on on the nursing side. So from your point of view, with you seeing and doing it so much, what makes a really good clinician for this side of it, the EMS side of it in flight? I, I think it's probably just the two things would just, it'd be respect for your partner, probably, because you're both very different. I mean, you're coming from different places for sure. And I think sometimes I've seen over the years, you get someone that's very, well, I'm this and I do this and you do that and you do that and you can't. It's, you know, that medic's going to offer the nurse something that they've never seen. Mm-hmm. And then you guys are going to get a super sick patient and you're going to figure something out for them. They, you know, they're terrified. of. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, sometimes when you're first starting out, you get that tunnel vision. Like, this is my job. I'm doing A and B. And I just, the best ones I've seen are very dynamic. They can flow. They're very fluid. They can move with whatever's going on. We can figure it out. Let's go. Um, and that is a lot of times it's problem solving. It's figuring out how are we going to get this patient here to here with what we have, the people we have, how are we going to do it with the meds we have? Um, so that's something I think you need to, I'm not going to be cliche and say, think outside the box, but along those lines, I just feel like you need to be a person that kind of can come up with stuff and not just, okay, give up, we're done. That's it. Yeah. And in the same, and that same breath, you have to turn and look at yourself every time and say, is it still safe? are we still safe to do all this things that we're trying to do to figure out and get going? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would definitely say those are probably two and just attitude, you know, I joke around with the EMS client. It's a little maybe tricky in the beginning. Um, but honestly, once you get going, I would say about 80% of it is personality about 20% of it's skill. I hate to take anything away from us pilots, but I don't, I know it's definitely more so on your side, I would hope, but (laughs) A big part of it to me, you know, it really is just attitude, how well you get along with everybody. Yeah, I agree. I think that's so true. I mean, and even when I'm telling new people as they're coming in, I'm like, I'm not going to teach you how to be a nurse. Like, you already know how to do that. I'm just going to teach you how to do it in the transport field and do it with just you and your partner and your team now. Right. Whereas before you had a whole backup of people that you could bounce ideas off. Now, like you have to be really good at making the decision, but yet be really good at working it out with people. Yeah, 100%. And I think I had a really hard time with that. I mean, I still do sometimes depending on like some people's personalities, but I really bumped heads a lot at the beginning. (laughs) And I really figured out quickly like I have to be able to be like you said dynamic and um I don't know what the word is but really like be able to be messy sometimes and be able to like 
say like my way isn't the right way and sometimes <laughs> for me you know and then also like be willing to bump heads with people too like be willing to when there's a problem like don't let it stew because you can't there's right. no time for that well and I definitely see that a lot I mean you know that it's my way because it's definitely a lot of uh type a's you know yeah most of you nurses especially if you're going for that job you are right you know yeah yeah <laughs> no it's right. it. not medics right because he's been doing it you know it's just yeah and yeah you're absolutely right when you say that um it is it's getting past that part of it another another thing i will notice uh too is a lot of people will say oh, I'm used to working 24. So I'm used to working all night. This will be easy. We're only going to do three, you know, at the most four calls, whatever. This is easy. And you hear that so much in the beginning and you think that, but you and me both know until you get that person three or four calls in and that alarm goes off at three in the morning, you have no idea how that person is. Yeah. Because a lot of times this person says, I've worked night for 20 years. This is going to be blah, blah, blah. And 3 a.m. comes and that tone goes off again. And they just got finished charting their last one. And you can just see the life drain from their face. And you're like, okay, this is going to be way harder than you thought it's going to be. Yeah. And I would also say that those are the moments that you figure out what other team members are made of too. Exactly. Those are the moments where those people who step up and say, hey, I, I can see, like, can I help you? Like, I can I go and either restock your aircraft or can I go run the next call for you? Like, those are the moments where you really find out what people are made of. Right. If someone's going to just make some jokes and get through it and power on, or if someone's going to get catty, or if someone's just going to shut down. It's all right, then it pops up. And yeah, know. I feel like those are the best moments to know, like, if a new person's going to make it or not. Me those too. 3 a.m. ones. Yeah, and which is weird because usually when they bring a third rider, they ride for 12 hours, they ride for this, they ride for that. I think you just work on and yeah. see how they manage on that. <laughs> but we both came from different types of training, like that's, where that's how it used to be. And now, you know, it's, it's yeah. a little bit different. So as far as like your training and where you've gotten in your career, like what's been one piece of advice for you that's really helped you get to where you are now? Uh, it's as far as the EMS stuff goes, I had a pilot tell me a long time ago that I can only scare a crew one time. I said, you scare a crew one time, you know, make a decision and scare everybody, get some bad weather that you shouldn't have or something along those lines. He said, that's all you got with them. He said, they're probably never going to trust you again. Deep down inside, someone they're always going to be looking. So I've tried to always kind of carry that with me. Yeah. As far as the flying stuff goes. Yeah. Trust is like huge. Yeah. Like in what we do, Um, we have to trust each other all the time. We have to trust our partner. We have to trust our pilot. We have to trust everybody that we're with. And so like, that is why I've always tried to be upfront and fix something if it needs to be fixed right away, because I don't want to hold that grudge knowing like our, each of our lives really depend on each other and the patient's life depends on us as well. Correct. The other weird part, um, the other weird part is that when it does work great and it does work seamlessly, you hardly notice it. When yeah. all three team members are working great and everything's firing like it's supposed to, you don't notice it. Everything just runs. Everything runs nice. It's really not until it doesn't and then you realize, oh, you know, that's all. Yeah. yeah. So, and I do notice that part's funny to me. Like you get with a team, you know, I'll get with you and I'll get with one of our other ones that we worked with always and just goes, just goes. It runs smoothly. Yeah. 
And I think that's come from just time too, because I've let go of like a lot of my bad habits too, of like things have to be a certain way. Right. Like I was used to be like, I have to do plan A and if plan A doesn't work, I have to do plan B. And now like, I've just learned to just have no plan. <laughs> I think that's the best plan. <laughs> like you just have to read off whoever your team is and work the best that you can with the people that you're with. And that always seems to make things go smoother for me anyway. I agree. I agree. Is there anything else like that you advice that you can give anyone who's trying to get to into EMS on the pilot side um, that you could give them now with all the experience and knowledge that you have of doing it for so long um, that would kind of maybe help them get through some obstacles that they're facing, maybe mentally getting into it. Um, mentally getting into it, as far as getting into it, it's just pushing through. Uh, there's such a need for you right now. All you have to do is get through this. Like you might bomb a check ride, you might miss something keep at it because um, once you get to those hours, they're going to give you your shot and then you're going to get in, you're going to, um, you know, you're going to have a go at what you want to do if this is what you want to do or try it out or whatnot, but it's just, just keep moving. Don't, a lot of people get a license or get something, they, something hiccup comes along and they, you know, go back to their uh, old job. Lots of people just have their private and never went through their commercial got all the way through the commercial and didn't finish enough hours to go do just keep pushing because it, I mean the opportunity is 100% there now where it used to be you could get to 5,000 hours and still not ever be guaranteed a job right yeah. now I mean if this is what you want to do they're going to take it you have to do it what do you um, think that's stopping those people from like going to the next thing like stopping them and staying life, life. they don't want to yeah. talk almond for that many years you know what I mean yeah. they don't want to keep they feel like some people get into it a little bit later in life, like they want to fly, which is harder because you've already had some kind of career where you were making money. And yeah. now you're going back to living like you were in college again, scraping by, or it's worse if you have a family or whatnot, now you're scraping by. But if you, if you can stay the course, you're going to get through it and it's going to pop up. Um, and the opportunity is going to be there. Um, uh, as far as the, um, as far as being in it, I, and this kind of goes back to what you thought it was going to be to what it ended up being was just, um, like you said, everybody's involved with this team. I used to just think, okay, there's a mission. Go, 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 go. Get that mission done no matter what. Mm -hmm. But you can't think, the clinicians have to think of the patient. The pilot can't think of the patient at all. Mm -hmm. The two most important people to me are, you know, you and my medic. You are my nurse and my medic. The people that are in the back, those are the most important people to me. I need to be able to get to wherever we're going and then turn around and come back. And you're getting to where you're going and the weather's getting bad. It's getting below your minimums. And someone tells you it's a five-year-old that's with burns. It makes you want to keep going. You bet you're going to, the hardest part is going to be making that decision being like, nah, we're going home. Or maybe one of your crew members is uncomfortable and they want to go home. You're done. You just got to be able to shake it off, turn the helicopter around and go home. And they're going to be able to go by ground or something else. So that prepare yourself for that part because that part's a little rough. In the yeah. And I would also say that's my favorite part though, too, is just like being able to have a successful mission. And then also just having that good team, like you said, where everything fluidly works together, you just feel like you really made a difference, which sounds cliche too, but you feel like you really made a difference that day. 
right when it all aligns and you feel like this is why i do what i do this is why i ate top ramen this is why i sound (laughs) so much is to have those moments and so that is my favorite part too is just working as a team like that together in any situation agreed well thank you for being on today josh i really appreciate it you bet is there any last things that you want to say to anybody I don't think. I think that's it. Good luck in your endeavors, whichever it may be. Yeah. But I will say this one thing. If you ever go to a PR event, when everybody comes up and asks what you do, they're looking for the pilot more than anybody. (laughs) Okay, well, I have one thing to say to you then, too. (laughs) When you're flying ag, uh-huh. You must put sunscreen on the one side that you pick the tan on because you always come back with a darker arm and a darker knee. That is true. And it just looks so bad for the summer. <laughs> well, thanks, Josh. I appreciate you being on again today. I know it'll, you know, the things that we talked about will help someone who's trying to get into EMS. So I really appreciate that. All right. Thank you, Janissa. All right. All right. Bye. I hope you guys enjoyed my interview with Josh this week and getting to see both of our personalities a little bit. You can see when you go into an environment where you're working 24 hours together and you're living with these people really outside of um, coworkers who don't do that and spend that much time together, you grow really close and you learn to trust each other and you go through things very quickly. Um, that creates like this really strong friendship. And so I hope you can see that in my interview with him, um, how trusting of a friendship and relationship that we have. And that is one of my favorite parts too of working EMS is being able to, um, you know, have those close friendships and be able to just work with the people that you enjoy being around and that you trust. And um, it's just amazing. And it does sound cliche, but Um, you really figure out like this is really what you're meant to be doing when you have those moments and um, I just remember and I'm sure a lot of you feel like this you know when I first started EMS and I had some patients pass away and whether you're working EMS or in the healthcare or as a first responder you spend a lot of times up at night thinking about if there's something that you could have done differently and um, I think that working with these people and being able to debrief with these people and being around other people who understand that and have been there is huge. And so, um, I think that you get to see the dynamics of, you know, through these interviews with people, how close knit we really get and to, to be around people who understand all those same emotions and, and same thoughts. And they go through the same process of dealing with the grief is just so incredible. And, Um, You know, and that is the core of why I I do coaching and I do mentoring too, is to offer that to people because there is something I think about what we do that most people don't understand. And so sometimes when we go through issues, they are more heightened than just the regular person who works an office job or who hasn't, who hasn't seen the things that we do. So, um, you know, if, if this, if anything in this interview really, um, touched you or really, brought up emotions for you and you realize like there's things that you want to work for if you're looking at into getting into EMS and you want a little helper mentorship that way too I am here for all of those things so reach out to me DM me we can set out a time and we can see if coaching is a good fit for you but I hope you enjoyed this interview this week and you got something out of it and I will talk with you all next week bye